you, me, and CBD. Thanks, everyone, for joining us for another episode where we learn about CBD. THC actually has about 80 times the anti-inflammatory effect as an aspirin. Yeah, it's crazy. Which is really 80 powerful. 80 times. 80 times. So you Gee, think about that. As a single aspirin. As an aspirin. So, so if you take a CBD, which binds to those uh, CB1 and CB2 receptors, plus some CBG, which we've talked about on other podcasts, which is an excellent anti-inflammatory, one of the minor cannabinoids, and a tiny bit of THC, then the inflammation reduces immediately, which is why... When you rubbed problem salved on your ankle. Immediately. Immediately. It didn't hurt for two days. Well, hi, Danelle. Hi, Richard. (laughs) How are you? Uh, Mostly tired. How are you? Whoa. We're doing a podcast. Oh, hi. We're here. Hi, wake up. The energy level is just, you know, it's just, uh, here we go. So I think what we wanted to do is we wanted to kind uh, kind of bring this thing Back to kind of basics, right? Right. right. And so our subject is uh, CBD and pain. CBD and pain. So it sounds kind of simple. It kind of sounds like CBD and pain. I think with CBD and pain. Sorry, I work on my pronunciation. CBD and pain. CBD and pain. And um, the thought behind this. Yes. Well, uh, everybody experiences pain. Yeah. And different levels of pain. So how does CBD play into that? And how do other drugs play into that? And it's kind of a basic question. I mean, we all deal with pain. Sometimes we take it for granted a little bit. Uh, Some people live with pain. Uh, Some people have higher pain tolerance. True. Right? Yes. And so the thought was something simple so our, our, our listeners can just kind of get their head around it is that if we're experiencing pain, can CBD help? And no, I think it's it's a great thing we should be talking about. Right, I think it is. And so, you know, we have we have with us uh, Jeff Dunn and Doug Burgoyne, and and as we talk a little bit about this, I think it would just be important just to understand that. Okay, first of all, let's talk a little bit about pain. Where does it come from? How does the body manifest? Is it if if you hit your thumb with a hammer, is it in your thumb or is it in your head? Right. I mean, I, I don't understand a lot of that. Or do you see stars? Right. Mm-hmm. And then how does a body deal with the pain? Right. And where, and how and can the transmission you, of right. it. Right. Are you masking pain or are you actually causing pain to go away? I, I mean, those are kind of the basics. These are the basics of all country songs. And so. Have you thought about that? <laughs> heartbreak and love that's Bro- right. You know, breaking up with whoever, but, right. I, but that pain. is painful. Pain. Your heart, breaking okay. your heart, I'm right? Saying. I'm yeah. just saying. Well, shall we introduce? Sure. Sure. I was just trying to figure out a way to bring Taylor Swift into the conversation <laughs> because she started in country. But anyway, let's just bring Doug and Jeff in. How are you guys? Oh, so great. Great. How are you? Uh Quite fantastic. Mostly feel, tired. Thank you. I feel like I'm seeing stars. We're here with you guys. Oh, oh, like, oh Richard oh. and Danelle. You're so full. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. Oh, that's hilarious. Oh, my gosh. So what do you think of the subject? This is the number one topic for CBD users. Uh, almost everyone. If they're not coming in for sleep and anxiety, they're coming in to talk about pain. Uh. Uh, which really makes sense. If you look at 
the human population, uh, studies have been done, 80% of people in nursing homes say they suffer from persistent pain. 19% of adults say they have chronic pain nationwide. So it's a it's an epidemic. Who doesn't it is something that we experience have to, that we pain have to talk on about. a frequent basis? Right. Yeah. And it's not just this podcast, is it? <laughs> is it painful? <laughs> oh, oh, I hope not. <laughs> well, well, does does everyone feel pain the same way? That's a great question. No, it's actually pain is uh, is very. It's number one. It's subjective, uh, so everybody feels it differently. But culturally, we also feel pain differently. Uh, so if you ask someone from uh, who uh, from the uh, from the U.S who's been here for generations, think back to, you know, Mayflower kinds of timelines, and ask someone who is living here with that background, compare their level of pain to someone from South or Central America compared to Asia, compared to Europe, and everybody's tolerance for pain is very different. That is so wild. Yeah. So why why is why? that? Well, I don't know if we really know. There could be a genetic factor to it, but there could also just be, uh, you know, nature versus nurture. And what we recognize as painful in one place is not recognized as that painful in another place. Well, you know, here's what I think about when I fall, I'm like, this is seriously bad. I fall and I think, I, okay, I just, I need to lay here for a minute and kind of recoup. And I fell terribly, um, when I was on vacation and I ripped open a scar from 30 years ago and I could, I could barely walk. I couldn't get up. I couldn't catch my breath. I'm seeing stars. My head hurt like nuts. I had twisted an ankle and ripped open my e, my knee. Oh dear. All at the same time. And, um, and I was with, uh, my sister who's a nurse and she's immediately pouring cold water in my knee and I'm immediately pulling out my problem solved and putting it on my ankle, which didn't rise up at all. No puffiness, no, uh, swelling whatsoever in the ankle for two days, which was really, really strange, but the knee was awful and I couldn't walk. And I kept thinking, you know, my poor little kids, when they would fall, be like, get up, we have to go, you're fine, nothing happened. Oh, that blood, don't look at that, let's go, you know. And then as an older person, I'm thinking, holy cow, that was kind of cruel because there's a point where your brain's trying to adjust to the pain, you're trying to survive there, there's through the a, pain. There's a perceptional component. I agree with what Doug said. It, it is subjective. Uh, I don't know if now it's the time to kind of dive into the science a little bit. Uh, I think of our pain, our, our, our bodies are all a little bit different. I mean, the pain triggers, if you will work the same way consistently across people, but there may be a difference in the number of receptors you have mm -hmm. or how you respond to different things. And so it gets a combination of subjectivity and I think just, uh, pathophysiological differences that, that vary between different people. So when you say that, is that remembering so, pain? Like when you initially had that pain in that area yeah. or is that help me? No. So I'll, maybe we can start with this. So going back to one one pharmacy school, yeah. you can, you can, you can, I'll try dive, to remember back that far. Dive in with, uh, you had some earlier statistics you were showing, <laughs> but so are there's, there's our bodies have an opioid system 
And pain is modulated by peptides that bind to three different types of receptors. It's mu, kappa, and delta. And so if you look at drugs... A very good sorority. Like opioids. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're, <laughs> they are. They're Greek, they're Greek letters. symbols and letters. Okay. Right? So that's exactly right. And so if you look at the like opioids and other things, they're specifically designed to bind to these... Receptors. 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 Okay, yeah, so the peptides on. are the, mm. the modulators, and the, the re- receptors are kind of where you know, the pain, the peptides bind and, and it basically affect a pain response. Okay. And that's how the drugs work, is they bind to these receptors, and they can either have agonistic or antagonistic effects on these receptors. So we know there's an opioid system. We've known that for a long time, and we know what the receptors are. But what we found in the last 20 years is there's an endocannabinoid system in our bodies as well, which is very similar. And, and where there's like three receptors for opioids, there are two basic endocannabinoid systems in our bodies. It's CB1 and CB2. One is more peripheral, meaning more you know extremities and sure. things like that. And another one is, is more uh, related to the central nervous system. But CBD works the same way as or and CBG and these other cannabinoids. What we're learning you know, basically works like Opioids and the other pain medications do by binding to the specific receptors and causing an effect. Okay. And so going back to what we were talking about earlier, again, not everybody's system may be exactly the same, but overall, the drugs are going to basically act the same way. And so what we've seen is that there's a lot of data showing CBD's effects on, on pain reduction. Okay. Um, and, but, you know, what we're seeing, what we're learning more and more is that it, it has inflammatory benefits and all kinds of other things. And I want to come back to that at some point. Right. Um, but the, so the nice thing about it is, you know, you're not going to fill, if you take CBD, you're not going to fill it like um, an Oxycontin or a Lortab, right? Not gotcha. to say brand names. And you're this, but I think not going to see right? faces coming yeah, out I mean, of the wall like, right, and hallucinate. It, right. um, you know, but you know, the way I like to explain it too is, you know, take CBD. You might, if, you know, I've had some people say, I don't feel like it's working. And then I'm, my response is, well, stop it and then see how you feel. And they stop it and then, oh, it was working. So it does. It has, you know, it has some benefits. And then to, in terms of pain reduction or pain relief and inflammatory reduction, the nice thing is, and again, I'm sure we'll get into this too. And the nice thing is, it doesn't have the same side effects that a lot of the traditional pain medications have. So opioids are very addictive. Whereas, you know, acetaminophen can have, if you use it a lot, you can damage your liver. If you use a lot of ibuprofen, you can damage your kidneys. And you don't see that with CBD. So, you know, the nice thing is we're learning more and more about this. Yeah, I mean, I think you you hit it right on, Jeff. It's fascinating. The first studies uh, where we identified those CB1 and CB2 receptors were done in the late 80s. So CB1 was identified in 1988, CB2... Uh, 1995. So, um, you know, it's all, or 1993. So it's all really relatively new science, 30 years ish. And uh, that's really not that many years. So, so we're starting to catch up. And uh, the good news is we've now identified this CB1, which is a more central nervous system and CB2, which is more periphery. And the anti-inflammatory effects are pretty staggering. Um, Right. Like if we get into it, it's uh, um, like I know I know that we're not big on THC, but but THC has a role in pain management. Sure. And uh, studies going back uh, a couple dozen uh, decades now at this point uh, show that THC actually has 
about 80 times the anti-inflammatory effect as an aspirin. Yeah, it's crazy. Which is really 80 powerful. Times. 80 times. So you Gee, think about that. As a single aspirin. As an aspirin. So if, so if you take a CBD, which binds to those uh, CB1 and CB2 receptors, plus some CBG, which we've talked about on other podcasts, which is an excellent anti-inflammatory, one of the minor cannabinoids, and a tiny bit of THC, then the inflammation reduces immediately, which is why... When you rubbed problem salved on your ankle. Immediately. Immediately. It didn't hurt for two days. But your knee, which got the cold water treatment, was was still (laughs) in pain. it was ripped (laughs) open and I didn't really think about rubbing it in. (laughs) I mean, it was was bad. Could I uh, just take maybe a step back just for a little bit? First of all, on pain, is pain good? Is it good to feel pain? Absolutely, uh, because it, it stops behavior that's going to lead to more pain. So you're, you're trying to manage, you're, you're managing your pain? I mean, everyone does that differently, right? Well, I, I think if you had no pain response, then you would do things would. that caused um, all kinds of stuff, including behavior that would potentially be fatal if you did not have that check and balance. So, so kind of leading into what Jeff was saying about pretty effective pain relief medicines that are out there can be quite addictive. Yeah. Right. And, and maybe it's not a good idea for some people to, ha- to say, okay. No, absolutely. So if you look at the opioids, uh, there, there's data showing that you can legitimately become addicted to those after the first dose. Okay. That's how addictive. One dose. Now, again, everybody's different. Some people okay. can take opioids and never become addicted. Others are, can be addicted literally after the first dose. We have yeah. that We have that potential. Wow. So you know, we were talking about this earlier, uh, you know, off you know, off air, but um, yeah, a little bit of history there. So I graduated in the, from pharmacy school in the in early 2000s, but when I was in pharmacy school in the late 90s, I actually did a rotation at, at a pain clinic. And the amount of opioids that were flowing through that clinic was astronomical in hindsight. And uh, it goes back to, uh, if you've ever heard this, uh, med- medical schools in I think the 90s were told, were basically teaching their students that uh, pain was the fit vital. And you had to treat it like, um, you know, breathing and uh, heartbeat and everything else. It was that important. And so it was all about having it or not it was having all about it. Not, it was all about treating eliminating the pain. pain. Yeah. And so, but the issue was, you know, we had these opioids and they were relatively new because they're synthetic. Right. Right. This isn't, we're not talking about, we're not know, talking about opium. We're not talking about opium. We're talking about synthetic <laughs> Which is also opioids. And so these drugs came out <laughs> and they were extremely effective because they, again, they bound to these mu. Kappa, mu, mu, delta. Mostly mu, you know, receptors, right? A great sorority. They were designed to do that and very effectively treat the pain signals. But what we didn't know at the time was how addicted they would be. And obviously we now know that in 20 years. And so the interesting thing about CBD is now hopefully in 20 years, we're not saying the same thing that we found some signals or whatever that CBD has some, some detrimental benefits, but I'm confident that we won't simply because again, opioids are synthetic. They were lab made and they were made, you know, 20, 30 years ago. Whereas CBD has, even though it's only been legal for five or six years, we've had CBD around for 2000 years and we haven't seen these signals. Right. And we have this endocannabinoid system. So our body makes tiny little amounts of cannabinoids already. So we have our own system that produces it. We, we can ingest, um, 
uh, naturally grown organic product that matches the endocannabinoid system, basically. So our bodies know exactly what to do with it. And we're not bringing in an outside source uh, that's that's masking pain yep. uh, like an opioid does with a mu receptor. That's a great point. Our, and I think you've described this before. We've it basically evolved right. with, uh, these, with the endocannabinoid systems. Exactly. And yeah, so uh, our bodies are basically designed to have a response to CBD. And to date, over thousands of years, there have been right. no signals that we're going to have an addictive or a, a negative effect by taking CBD. I just find it funny that here you're talking about thousands of years, we've understood this, and yet Doug mentioned studies that are just recently fairly new. Yeah, it, it is amazing. I mean, you think about, let's go back to opium. Opium has been around just as long as cannabinoids have been around. The hemp plant, the marijuana plant, uh, probably have been around just as long as poppies have been around. Mm-hmm. Um, but everybody was really aware of the effects of poppies, not only the addiction, um, and the, but also the pain response. And so everybody was really cautious. On the other hand, everybody has been aware of the benefits of the hemp plant and cannabinoids, but we became overcautious uh, when there was some legislation in the 20s and then the 30s that made us really nervous about it. So science stopped. So we didn't Was that a have, fear of the THC because we didn't understand that? What's that? Was that a fear of the THC? I think it was, yeah, I think it was fear of THC. I think there was, there, if, you, if you Google, you know, history of marijuana, there's some racism that's involved. Uh, there's probably some uh, big tobacco funding that was pushing people away from, from very inexpensive hemp products to more commercially available tobacco products at the time. Uh, and so there was a lot that went into it. So that meant that the science in uh, marijuana or hemp um, research really halted until the 1980s. And then it started to, even though it was being used heavily in the 60s and 70s, as, as we recall from the counterculture. And, um, and so it was picked up again in the 80s, and we're still finding things out. I mean, it hasn't been that long ago since we learned there were over a hundred different cannabinoids. And if we go back to our first podcasts, we were just barely starting to learn about CBN and CBG. Now it's really common. And now we're talking about THCV, which we'll do another podcast on at some point, which probably has some really great effects in terms of weight loss and and appetite suppression. Uh, We're going to talk about other cannabinoids that are minorly expressed in these, in these plants and so now the science is catching up and it's getting really, really exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I wanted to also kind of uh, make sure we understand that if we're talking in the space of CBD and THC, that's a little different than people smoking. Right. You know, and, and I want to make sure that it's crystal clear right. what we're, what that we're not talking about getting high to feel better. Right. Absolutely. That's not what we're talking about. As a matter of fact, we, we have a little ad slogan that says. Uh, healthy, not high, healthy, not high. Right. Right. So when we say that, we mean that we're not talking about getting high and feeling better. We're talking about, how CBD can really help inflammation, can help lots of other different well, areas. Right. Earlier, I mean, THC does have some additive uh, benefits, if you will. 
But that's obviously, as we've t- talked about, that's what brings the psychoactive components to the molecule. And so if you, you've, you know, you've, you've heard anecdotally for years, if somebody has cancer, you use cannabis. And that probably makes sense because you need, you know, massive amounts of pain relief and you're right. talking end of life and, you know, THC probably Deep in makes your bones. sense there. But again, yeah. generally speaking, um, if we can avoid the, you know, the, the negative psychoactive components of the THC and focus on the CBD, we're going to get the majority of the clinical benefits. And so it's effective and safe. Uh, again, the key is finding the right dose and the right route of administration and all the things, w- the other things we've talked about. And uh, so that's how I would summarize it. Sometimes it doesn't always work with chronic pain. Am I wrong? Depends on the kind there? of pain. So there's there's musculoskeletal pain, there's neuropathic pain, there's different types of pain. And you're right. Even if you look at the opioids, you know, they're really good at musculoskeletal pain, but they're not as effective for nerve pain or neuropathic pain. So again, it depends on where the receptors are and how they're binding and all kinds of different things. And so what we're seeing is probably pretty similar. CBD is overall generally effective, but CBG seems to maybe be more effective than other cannabinoids for nerve pain. Mm-hmm. So, you know, same thing. So if you have like neuropathies, you don't really should, you should not be using opioids, for example. They're not effective and you're, again, you're potentially going to get addicted. So there's different, there is different types of pain. Right. And opioids have been scaled back greatly in prescription. Yeah. Thank heavens. Yeah. yeah and rightly so. So it's it's not uncommon now to go to a dentist and they'll do a root canal and they say here's some ibuprofen, yeah. and um, you know we have uh, some some pretty good stories. So anecdotal evidence uh, reports of people who used uh, a CBD with CBG gummy or tincture prior to a procedure, and uh, not only was their anxiety lower, but also uh, their ability to recover from the pain was quicker uh, because they went in and blocked those. Uh, inflammatory ahead of time. And, so it was kind of, of a, dis, uh, it was kind of a distraction or some type of way of, uh, so they're not focusing on that. Well, and even more than that, it's, it's more of a prophylaxis oh. uh, against uh, that pain, being able to grab hold of them. So like Jeff said, it's still really important for us to treat pain. Um, and it's important for us to keep pain at bay. Uh, it's much harder. Once you experience pain and, and you have to get rid of it, it's easier to stay rid of that pain than it is to let the pain come back and then have to fight it again. Fascinating. So we really encourage people to have consistent pain management techniques, uh, which you think about a CBD and that could be twice daily administration really easily for someone with chronic pain. Um, But Dale, you mentioned something about how it doesn't work for everybody. It really comes down to something that Jeff said earlier and that's, not just how we perceive pain, but also the receptors of pain that we have in our bodies, and then the type of pain that we're trying to treat. So studies have been done to show that CBD and CBG are really effective against rheumatoid arthritis. Um, That means they're probably really good also against osteoarthritis because that's an inflammatory pain. Um, But there are other types of pain that um, are not inflammatory, like when, you know, Jeff sees me on the street and he's like, oh, that guy is such a pain. This is <laughs> Very not different. Help. Completely different. <laughs> this is not going to help well, that kind but, of pain. But, but it follows up with two short words. Another, so a couple points there. Or three, excuse me. I can't count. So, but I, I don't know of any drug that's 100% effective. Okay, so that's a very good point. whether it's an antidepressant, whether it's uh, anti-migraine, whether it's diabetes. So CBD is the same. I mean, it works for most people. I think we end up 
believing that one dose is enough. So like one gummy is going to fix everything. But that's really not the case. If, if we go back to, um, uh, our dosing of tinctures, um, then what we said to people was 25 milligrams was the right first dose or starting dose. Yeah. But they would probably, depending on weight, because it's metabolized differently for each person and body size and everything else, they're going to have to increase their dose. So I think, Jeff, you nailed something, and that is that finding appropriate pain relief, and Danelle, this probably comes back to your question also, if we want to relieve pain, we need to find the right dose for that relief. Yeah. And that's probably a higher dose than what we normally tell someone. It's certainly higher than the starting dose for a lot yeah. of us. Well, and that's the other thing. Not, not all drugs work for everybody. And most drugs have different doses because same concept. Right. You have to find the right dose uh, that matches your physiology. Now, the other interesting thing that I wanted to touch on too is you mentioned, I think you both kind of alluded to this, is uh, how you dose in right. addition to finding the right dose itself because uh, if, if you look back at the history of opioids, most of the drugs were short-acting. And you took them as needed based on your level of pain. Right. And what we learned over time was maybe, again, prevention was as effective as treatment and, or even better in some cases. And so then we started seeing these drugs come out in different formulations that were called extended release. And it was more scheduled dosing instead of as-needed dosing. And again, the point was to keep the pain at bay and to keep... And sure. So I think that's the same concept with CBD is this is not an acute med. I mean, if you have a broken leg, you're not going to take CBD and feel the same kind of pain relief as you would with a lower tab. But what you should do is take it if you have chronic pain consistently. And that's the best way to treat chronic any kind of chronic pain, but especially with CBD. And, and there's no addiction potential. Yeah, and that's the, the nice thing about it is you're not going to become addicted. And and the and the other part of this, and I said so I'd come back to this, and I know you're dying to ask. No, no, this is the inflammation <laughs> is the, part, right? Yeah, it's the inflammation part, right? Yeah. Is is that part of the uh, the pain process for CBD is is the anti-inflammatory process? And the other thing that we're learning more and more about uh, is that inflammation is a massive, super important component of a lot of different diseases that we deal with. There's inflammatory components to diabetes. There's inflammatory components to cancer. There's inflammatory components to cardiovascular disease. And it wouldn't surprise me if I had a dollar to bet, I'd put a dollar down. It wouldn't surprise me in 10, 15 years if if people who've chronically taken CBD, that they have lower rates of these other types of disease states because it might make sense to have a safe anti-inflammatory on board chronically to avoid or to help with the inflammatory components of these other disease states. So really quickly, and I don't mean to extend this too long, and Richard's like, come on, people. No, 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 no. I, I think this is really good. It's kind so, of fascinating, yeah, yeah. very nerdy. You guys are super nerdy. We are nerds. Uh, love you in the nerdy way. But um, what? A, why does the body have the inflammation? Is, is the inflammation a fighting? It's a defense mechanism. It's a defense. I think how I would explain it. But yeah. at the same time, it causes its own it causes, internal correct. havoc. Right. Yep. So uh, you, you fell, you hurt your ankle and your knee, your knee gets ripped open. That was painful. So your body recognizes that pain. Then it wants to do something to treat that pain. So it sends cytokines and, and um, histamines and all kinds of um, different uh, proteins into that space to try to relieve the issue. But those end up causing inflammation themselves. 
So if we can interrupt the pain pathway, instead of just masking pain, but instead if we can interrupt the pain pathway, which is what CBD and CBG and CBC do, uh, then we don't have that painful response and we give our bodies the opportunity to heal with the benefits of all of those uh, cytokines being on site without the inflammatory component that makes us feel so bad. Three years ago, uh, when I had a total hip replacement, right? Absolutely. And, and I was new to the CBD world. I was new to farmer and chemist. Sure. And, and I thought, okay, pain, here you go. And I thought, I'm going to try this with CBD. And I'm going to guinea pig. I, 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 I honestly know how it helped. It kept the inflammation down and it helped in the recovery. And my, um, uh, my doctor was in so fascinated and interested in that regimen. It really worked for me. And I think that there was something out there. I think there's something really to that. Yeah, not to go down that rabbit hole, but, you know, talking to your doctor about this, um, even though it is very safe, we've talked about this in other podcasts. I mean, there are some, some potential drug interactions and other things. And so, you know, we, we don't want to sound like this is a panacea for everything. Um, it's not going to work for everybody. It works for most people. It's very safe. does have some issues. Um, but that's, that's what pharma chemist is all about is, uh, you know, uh, finding the right way to use this and trying to educate and even working with doctors on how to use this. And my hope is that in pharmacy school and medical school, CBD is talked about a whole lot more than it has been. Absolutely. And is all CB, all CBD created equal? <laughs> no, it's not. No, no, it's not. We really have to be careful about uh, where the CBD comes from. Uh, what soil the hemp plant was grown in, how it was processed, what types of processes of chemicals were used in that process, and then how sterile and clean the packaging process is. So it's not just it's not just importance of of where the CBD is grown, but we need to understand that all through the process to final product that it's uh, clean and follows good manufacturing processes, just like a pharmaceutical would. Mm-hmm. And so we've made every effort to do that. Um, if uh, folks came to our lab, we should probably post a video sometime of the lab and how it's processed. Uh, they'd be amazed at, at uh, how professional and clean and beautiful it is. As we always say, at a minimum, make sure you are using products that are tested. And you can... Third-party tested. You, and you can right. check to make sure that what you're getting is what you're supposed to be getting. Oh, wow. I love this. That was a great, uh, a great podcast. Time well spent. And yes. I hope that our listeners learned something. Hopefully this wasn't too painful. Yeah. <laughs> from this podcast. Thank but you, we everyone. Hope you find relief from your pain. Thank you for listening to You, Me, and CBD. Please refer and friend or write a short review. And if you're in the Salt Lake City area, We'd welcome you to stop by our Farmer and Chemist store, or you can always go to farmerandchemist.com.